0: Welcome to FMH InsureCast, a podcast created by Farmers Mutual Hail, designed to deliver expertise and insights from trusted FMH team members and industry experts. Each new episode will dive into new
1: products, industry updates, and innovative solutions. Let's get to today's topic.
0: Hello everyone, Ryan Bennis here. This episode was recorded as a video podcast so we could include some helpful graphics to explain the topic of margin protection. If you'd like to check that out, please go to FMH's YouTube channel or FMH.com's Margin Protection page. Either way, enjoy the show. And I'm here with Ken Ripley. Ken Ripley's been on the show several times. Ken, go ahead and reintroduce yourself.
1: Yeah. Ken Reppley again from uh, Blue Earth, Minnesota, uh, regional sales manager for the Northwest region of Farmers Mutual. And it's always great to be on here with you, Ryan. So yes, looking forward to our topic today.
0: Well, I appreciate it. And I love your perspective as a, not only a somebody that works in the crop insurance industry, but as a farmer yourself, you offer a unique perspective. That's uh, that's why we like to have you on here. So glad to be here. And once again, my name is Ryan Bennis. I'm the host of the FMH Insurecast here. Um, and I'm also in the uh, marketing side of things here at Farmers Mutual Hale. So what we got today is a very exciting topic, uh, margin protection. We're sitting here in August, but we're talking about a product for 2023. So we're well ahead of the game here. But the the reason for that is that margin protection has a sales closing date of September 30th. Right. right. So um, Ken, I'll start off by just pitching you this question: What is margin protection? What makes it unique out there uh, versus the other options that we yeah. have?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. It is a um, it's a 95 up to a 95 percent uh, county based uh, policy uh, multi peril so all perils are included with it. Very similar to ECO if you're familiar with that product. Uh, the difference is one of the biggest changes with margin versus uh, ECO is that it is from 95 down to your multi peril level, mm-hmm. and it provides input risk. So if there's uh, we're tracking inputs from a wholesale standpoint up or down. And if there's a change in that and the risk goes up, obviously it benefits the producer from a loss. Um, The other thing is that because it overlaps with your multi-apparel, there's some subsidies that are offsets that are done from a premium credit that actually um, don't have them with our ECO product.
0: Right, so what Ken's mentioning there is that um, we get a, a benefit on the credit side of margin protection with premium if we have that underlying policy with us. And the main reason for that is because the, the two payments offset each other. Yeah, they're, they're and then, both
1: down like 95 to zero and you're say you buy an 80% multiple that's 80, 80 to zero. So now you have an overlap and that 80% on down, that's why there's offsets.
0: Correct, correct. And so essentially if you have both those policies, which we do recommend uh, buying them together, you would get the higher payment of the two. And in a typical year, because margin protection is that higher level, you're going to get payments from margin protection more often and at higher dollar amounts than you would on your individual Correct. policy. Correct, Okay. And I think the, the, the maybe the most important part about why we're talking about it now and the sales closing date in September is because we get this extra price, Correct. right? Yeah. We are just starting. It's actually the beginning of the pricing period for margin protection today as we record. Um, the pricing period runs from August 15th through September 15th. And we get to use that price as the basis for our insurance coverage on margin protection. That's correct. Um, Something we don't have the option to do under the RP plan, so we essentially get a third price. Correct. We get a margin price, a revenue protection price, and then the harvest price actually matches between both of the policies. But um, as we look back just a little ways, Ken, 2022, we saw a big jump in the amount of policies sold in the industry. Yeah. Can you help explain why you think that might be?
1: Yeah, so last year, as farmers know, input costs went up substantial, and there was a big scare that they were going to keep climbing, which they did. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, locking in something in September, August, September timeframe was a good, good decision because inputs went up so much. So I think that was the big driver. Plus, we were at a five hundred six, for example, on corn. We had a nice, you know, fall price or mm-hmm. spring price for margin to lock in i mean who knew that we were going to go to some of the prices we saw sure so that was one of the catalysts but we're, we're right there again right exactly and so yeah at the time 506 on
0: corn we were 12.56 on beans this was last fall those were some of the best prices we had seen to that point point. and now we, we've eclipsed that and we're looking at even higher prices for 23. so what i have here and uh, it's, it's minute to minute right changes a little bit but yeah. So far for December 23 corn, which is the price we're using to establish our beginning price on corn, is at $5.90 or or very close to that. And at soybeans, it was about $13.40 as of yesterday afternoon. So that's November 23 soybeans and December 23 corn obviously those are higher price levels than 22. Right. So we may assume that we may yeah. also see another jump in margin protection sales.
1: I think so. I mean, inputs are still, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world going on. We don't know what's gonna happen there. Um, and, you know, I'm from Minnesota and our crop looks pretty good. Can we hold these prices mm-hmm. through harvest? I mean, there's a lot of time between grain being in the bend. And so who knows what's gonna happen yeah, between sure. now in February.
0: Well, and yeah, we'll talk about that a bit later here. Um, with how much risk we have in the next six months, because this is, again, an opportunity to buy a policy now versus waiting until February. So we'll talk about some of the risks we face. But uh, just a quick visual for you all at home. This is a map of the amount of policies sold in the industry for margin protection in 2022. So one thing I just point out when I see this map, Ken, is that we have a pretty good spread of policies. And actually you don't see a lot of written outside the corn belt here but that's somewhat limited because of where margin protection is available correct um but as far as where it is available the spread from east to west even north to south is fairly even Hmm. um and we're definitely seeing expansion of margin protection interest outside of you know the i
1: states so to speak correct yeah so as you'll see i mean very successful in sales in south dakota uh, which is Definitely has an increase, even you know the number that are up in North Dakota. I mean, mm-hmm. it's definitely expanding outside the traditional I states, which is uh, which is good. Exactly, exactly. Especially for a product that couldn't be sold east uh, to west, right? Uh, right, <laughs>
0: right, exactly. <laughs> it was
1: conceived. Uh, Area based plans weren't popular past exactly. west that of the was Mississippi.
0: A, the old rule, right? <laughs> Didn't sell them east of the, or west of the, Mississippi, but that has certainly changed. So, um, Ken, to your point. Uh, input costs are built into this policy right um last fall when we were doing you know when we were sitting here recording our podcast we were actually in an environment where i would say input costs were average to low right um and now we're in a much different environment in fact almost immediately after the input prices were locked in last fall we had the uh, russia declaring war we had supply chain issues yeah. rearing their ugly head. And all of a sudden we saw those input costs increase dramatically. So yeah. how did that affect the policy in 2022?
1: Yeah, so for example, like on corn, uh, from what we call, the, I'll call them the fall prices to the April price discovery. On corn, we're seeing over a hundred dollars an acre increase in the input costs. So what that does for the policy is it moves that yield trigger from a county yield standpoint much higher. Uh, so it, it it favors the producer from mm-hmm. a from a trigger point and a loss, um, and you know we're in some of that same area here again with uncertainty. The bigger issue that we're maybe I shouldn't use the word issue, but you know we're tracking wholesale prices with these inputs. Mm-hmm. As a farmer, we're obviously buying retail. There's a little bit of a disconnect right now because those, those prices went up, the retail came down, but it hasn't come down at the same level that the wholesale has, which is actually better for the policy. We're starting at a lower level with the policy. So if we do see another run up between now and April, it'll benefit the margin policy.
0: Right, and you're making a good point there about being in a good position with these input costs because the opposite can also happen with these input costs, right? If we're in a position where our input costs are very high now in the fall (coughs) and they drop between now and next April, that can actually have a negative impact on our on our trigger on our chances for a payment Correct. with margin. Correct. Yeah. So it's good that we've
1: somewhat Softened.
0: come back to yeah. earth a little bit on with the these on the wholesale. But yep. to your point, those retailers had to buy at the at yeah. the peak, and yep. they're still trying to uh, offload those uh, uh, fertilizers. Yeah. yeah. And with
1: the and with the transportation costs, that's driving the wholesale prices that much higher because. Mm-hmm. As we all know, uh, diesel has not come down as aggressive as uh, gasoline has. So that has an impact on the transportation costs. Right,
0: right. So trying to back up just a little bit on these input costs, just to put in perspective how much impact they have on the policy. We do have this table here uh, that shows the actual impact of those input costs, positive or negative on the policy, going back to the policy's uh, origination in 2016. And essentially what you see here, this is one county example, but all counties are going to be fairly similar to this, is that up until 2020, the impact of these input costs, positive or negative, was very small, Right, almost um, you know a, a bushel or two right. at the most. It wasn't having a huge impact. 2021, we started to see a little bit of a bump in those input yeah. costs. And then in 22, we just went through that huge yeah. increases in those input costs, really drove up uh, how the impact of the input costs affect this policy. I would say though, that 22 was definitely out of the norm.
1: Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Especially since it just exploded really after our discovery period. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, potash doubling, I mean, right. all these things just went crazy. So it's uh, um, it definitely had a at a bigger impact than we probably will see in 22. And from a farmer standpoint, I hope that's the case because sure. we want these to come down so we don't have as much risk on the dollars with the to spend to get that crop ready for the next year. Exactly, exactly. So I think just to put that all in a bow, the input
0: cost side of this policy is is generally not a huge impact. We're talking yeah. a, a few bushels here or there, right? Um, but they does have the potential to really both help or hurt our, our chances for a claim Correct. payment. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit upfront about the payment offset and then the credit that you get. Right. Um, one important piece of this, again, looking back to 22, so we can tell the story for 23, is that in 22, we bought the policy last fall at 506 on corn, and then the price ran up to 590 in the spring. Right. And as we talked about earlier, we're going to recommend that, yes, you still go ahead and buy that RP policy. Because it ran up to 590, that policy, that underlying policy became worth more Right. and actually <clears throat> caused bigger credits on the margin side of things. Yeah. How does that make you look at this policy a little different um, at this point in the year.
1: Well, so one of the benefits with that is because, like in my case, I bought a a HPO policy, a harvest Mm -hmm. price option policy, which helps me because Mm -hmm. now on that fall price, the revenue policy and for the margin, they're going to have the same price. So getting that reduction, in my case, it ended up being where I essentially got my revenue policy for free plus a few more dollars of credit back. It's a nice deal. It was a very nice deal. but you know, you have that risk um, that you know, because there's more risk on the RP policy, there's risk taken off the margin. So we're really looking at, hey, is the county going to yield? Mm-hmm. What are the margin inputs going to do, and that's what's going to drive where our losses will be at. So who knows? Crop looks pretty good up there, Ryan. I'm yep. not sure I'm going to have a margin loss, but that's okay. I'd rather sell the bush.:
0: That's okay. <laughs> I bet I bet if I told you, hey, Ken, if you buy this margin price this margin product right now, I'll tell you the prices, you're gonna get another $2 a price if you want it <laughs> yeah. and you're gonna have great yields. Would you felt okay about that? Uh, I wouldn't have believed you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't blame you there, but yes. <laughs> um, so just a, a note on that, if the prices were to go the other direction so that we, we set a highest price in, uh, in the fall here with margin and then we ran down to the price in, uh, in the spring in February, then the discount that we would get would be less correct and it is a grower to grower discount they're very hard to estimate uh, what those discounts can be but just plan on if you had a discount in 22 that's probably about the best you can hope for at that situation yeah Yeah.
1: and as if if you're working with your agent too, just have them just understand that it's a guess at this Mm -hmm. point on what that discount's going to be because looking back at all the years it's been available they're not the same Never. I don't think we've had one year that's the same. No. So, no, not not even close. So, so let's turn our
0: attention to 2023. We mentioned this before, but we're about 590 on December 23 corn, 1340 on November 23 beans. Uh, Inputs, as we established, they're not really that high or low in the policy today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does margin protection make sense for me? I think that's the next question, right? Right, We know what the prices are. We kind of got an outlook for the risk and I think we can kind of set the input costs off to the side a little bit and make a decision about whether we want uh, to buy a 95% county plan right now with this opportunity, with this price. Um, So tell me a little bit about the decision making in your head. You know, really
1: it's, you need to look at this more like, hey, I'm using, I'm buying this as a put. Is, really, is probably the way we need to look at this product is I'm buying as a put. It's given me you know, a floor on, on price. Um, and it's also protected me if I have bought some of those inputs, but I haven't marketed that grain. That's where we're getting the put on the grain side. So, uh, and we'll go through more of that here in, sure. as we get going.
0: So if if you were to pass on margin protection, do you have another option? You hinted at it before with ECO.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've got the option with ECO to wait in the spring and, and come up with what that does, because that's the same 95% policy. They're both using the exact same expected county yields. Mm-hmm. So we're not getting a better yield with either, either product you buy, which is a nice feature of, of using that expected county yield for both. Right.
0: So we have that option, but of course, There's risks that we face, risks that we face right now Mm
1: -hmm.
0: between here and then when we have that opportunity to buy ECO in February. Uh, We have six months, and I have a chart pulled up here just showing our last six months of prices on the December twenty three corn contract. We were as high as six eighty, and as low as five forty on those contracts. What was
1: my call, Ryan? In that one, that higher period to say Ripley, get off the Schneid here and sell oh, some stuff.
0: Oh, I might have told, told more than one person today to go ahead and do that. <laughs> I'm
1: sure I missed but, that call. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, quite a bull run that we had in oh. uh, in April oh. and into. We into thought it May. was going to
1: stay. Unfortunately, yes. as markets always tell us. Yeah, don't. Ex- there's no new normal. Right. There. Well, you're
0: getting <laughs> another crack at it. We're, we're, we 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 were rallying. Yeah. Uh, recently. Um, and then we just had the, uh, right. some good rains come across the Midwest, so kind of tempered that that run a little bit. But long and short of it is, if we look back, we got a dollar and forty cents worth of spread mm. um, in the past six months. That's the same type of risk I think that we face in the next six months. Absolutely. So we may be at five ninety uh, today, but there's no promise that we'll have five ninety in February.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those crops again that can go based on. Crop estimates, it could go either way. Right. I mean, things in the world could change, and it could go up a dollar forty and down a dollar forty. Just as easy, and, and probably with the same reasons. Right.
0: Right. And so on soybeans, very similar story. Up as high as fourteen forty eight, as low as twelve fifteen. Now we sit about in the middle there, thirteen forty eight. Um, so, a, a, still a good profitable price, I think, that you can lock in today. And uh, I wouldn't say either one of us are suggesting that margin protection is a slam dunk. No. But boy, there's a lot of risk that we have on the table over the next six months. And if you're choosing not to buy a margin protection policy, hopefully there's some other way you're protecting yourself against the potential uh, downfall in our prices here. Correct. So to summarize a little bit, we uh, talked about margin protection versus ECO. We wanted to also establish that there's a risk there involved between waiting for ECO in the spring. But even then, there's some pluses and minuses to both of those. I didn't know if you wanted to kind of go through a few of these, Ken, um, and talk through the differences between them.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, as we talked about before on margin, the benefits um, are the input costs, having that component of it, which can help you and it can also hurt you. But um, getting that september august September price discovery is a benefit, especially you know historically it hasn't been a big play, but you know nothing's been normal here mm-hmm. as of late so 22, 23 change may may provide lean a little bit more towards the margin, giving us some upside there. Um, one of the benefits that you do have with e c o though is the opportunity to have it be just a a nine or a four percent policy mm-hmm. where margin is 95 down to zero. So we have that overlap. You can't have a gap in your coverage. Right. I know this last year, we had people that liked ECO had taken an 80, leaving a little bit of a gap and having a 95 trigger. So there's trade-offs between the two, but with ECO, you don't get the input side. So you're completely you know county right. yield and price driving it where margin right. has that extra benefit. Right. And, and because of that
0: limited liability, ECO payments are also Tend to be limited to those yes. smaller dollar amounts. Margin has the potential to pay a lot more, a lot more. Um, but margin also has potential to pay zero if your losses exceed the margin losses. Um, maybe not if we're if we're keeping a gap there between our our level and the margin level. That yeah. maybe wouldn't be super common but it is a potential risk right. that we have. Right.
1: Upside too, though, with that is if you're buying an eight, a 95% margin and you have good yields and the county mm-hmm. does not, you could see that full payment even if you have excellent yields, which is a definitely a benefit of, yes. of not having a gap in, in your coverage like less right. yield can have. Yep, so overall, I would say
0: the two policies, although margin might be more complicated in, in the way that it's structured, The two policies, I think, from a risk perspective are fairly balanced. They they both offer protection on a county level above where we're at. Uh, They just do it in a little different
1: way. And they both pay the same time. There's no advantage in one or the other as far as when payments come from the policy. Exactly, exactly.
0: So I did my best. I was walking my dog one night. (laughs) I did my best to try to simplify this and thinking through how do we sell a margin protection policy, which frankly, we could probably talk about for several hours. So imagine trying to have that 30-minute meeting with a grower yeah. and, and going through all this. And so uh, this was my best, uh, my best way of, of approaching this policy. And first being is that uh, we have to establish what our risks are for the next six months. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that already, but obviously we have price risk between now and February. We also have input cost risk between now and February. If we haven't purchased our inputs already, then they have the potential to increase between now and Mm -hmm. whenever we pull the trigger on those. So those are our risks for the next six months. Um, And then because we have this margin protection policy, we have to figure out if it's a fit for the grower based off the answers to these two questions, which have you sold a majority of your crop? Have you locked in a majority of your inputs? And both of those are yes or no questions, Right. right? Exactly. I would say, um, we can go to the next slide here and we have a lot going on with this slide here, uh, but essentially it's categorizing our growers into to these four quadrants um, based off of the yes or no answers to those questions. So if I've sold grain, yes, I've sold grain. I'm on the uh, left half of this uh, circle. And if I haven't, I'm on the right side. And if I've purchased inputs, I'm on the top half of this circle. And if I have not, I'm on the bottom. And so whatever four of those quadrants uh, growers fit into, we have different perspectives on margin protection for that particular grower. Um, let's start with probably the the unicorn of the group. Yeah, yeah <laughs> The unicorn. The upper, the, let's start in the upper yeah, left. Yes, yeah, <laughs> upper left. The unicorn of the group, which would be that we've sold the majority of our grain already and we've purchased our inputs for 2023, not 22. Yeah. Um, not happens a lot, not yeah. happening a lot. Yeah. So if this was a true pie, it'd be a pretty small sliver. Um, but we do have growers that could fall into that category, and for the most part, margin protection probably doesn't make sense for them. Right? Uh, they don't have that price risk over the next Correct. six months, and they the don't have any input risks yeah. as well. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go to uh, the next most unicorn, right. <laughs> which yeah. is that they they still, in this case, have sold the majority of their grain, but they haven't purchased their inputs yet. Correct. Um. I think the key here is well, we saw that table earlier, Ken, with the, the potential benefit or detriment of those increases in input costs. Right. And what was the biggest number we saw on there?
1: Yeah, it was you know hundred dollars we had in twenty two. Most of the years, you know, twenty one was in that forty range, but a lot of those years mm-hmm. were plus or minus ten dollars. Right. Not big swings from one year to the next. So right. the risk up and down is not. Small. not probably worth the cost of a margin policy.
0: Exactly, and that's the point there is, right? So we do have risk between now and February of whenever we lock in those input costs. However, the benefit potential benefit on the policy side for those input costs running up is basically at maximum $100 or so. Right, right. And we might be spending half of that or more right. on this margin protection policy. So now let's let's go to maybe the next most common producer, which is not sold any grain or very little, but they have purchased their inputs. Mm-hmm. And so their risk that remains is that we still have prices declining, our commodity prices declining. Right. Um, we think that margin might be a little more viable for this kind of grower.
1: Yeah, especially because when you think about, we're capturing at the time we're buying inputs is probably now, I mean, we're talking to retailers, obviously as farmers right now, cause it won't be long, we'd be putting some of those down. So we're locking those things in. We're locking those in with decisions based on prices that we see for the next crop year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a good fit, and that's going to catch a lot more. This is going to be the most common, this is a bigger cow. piece of the pie. Yeah, this is because we're buying inputs for a couple of reasons. Obviously, to get ahead of, get a start on the next crop year, but we're doing it for tax reasons as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of producers want to capitalize on some reduction for that for the year that you're you're mm-hmm. uh, you're in right now. So um i you know that's me sure sure <laughs> sure
0: so. so so here's my perspective on that we're walking into this this margin sales season and at least halfway through or if not towards the end we'll have our prices pretty well known yeah i think as a producer that's locked in some or if not all of my input costs i got to go ahead and and do my quick tally of what my what my cost of production is right and if I can see a clear profit with the prices that are established under this margin policy, correct, I have to think hard about taking it.
1: Yep. yep, yeah, it, or at least you need to do some hedging of some other right. way. If you're not going to buy margin because maybe just you don't feel it's a fit, mm-hmm. you know, as a farmer speaking here, I need to do something I right. all that risk out there, prices tank, and I bought it at these higher retail prices on inputs my margin on my farm got substantially squeezed and that's not right. where we wanna be if we wanna farm for, exactly. for the future. Exactly, and so sometimes
0: we, we balk at the, the premiums that are associated with margin, and no doubt they, they're not cheap as, as yeah. even insurance goes. But um, when you think about what would happen if we dropped 50 cents off the price between now and February, you know, we, we drop 20 cents on the price in a day sometimes. Oh. Um,
1: soybeans, soybeans 60 cents yeah, just a even, day ago. Not even
0: <laughs> soybeans, I'm talking corn, but yeah. yeah. Um, so that day-to-day risk and the risk over a period of six months is, is very uh, real. Such a volatile market right now. Yep.
1: More than we've ever seen. Right.
0: And so then we have our, our, our last category here. This is our, our holdout category, I guess I would put it as, where they haven't done much of anything yet as far as selling any grain or purchasing any inputs. And I would say they're in a very similar category, actually, as the yeah. uh, as the previous category we're talking right. about here. Right. So
1: yeah, because yeah. uh, say you haven't locked in your inputs, you know, like I said, retail prices. You maybe hey, I'm going to wait them out. We think the retail is going to come down. Nothing says that they just don't skyrocket back up. So that's mm-hmm. where if we lock in, we have a price and the margin uh, input costs move up margin right. is gonna protect that upside, just like we saw for the 22 crop here. Right, and
0: maybe another way to put that is, if I really believe that input costs could come down or I'm, I'm waiting for that time, this policy gives us, it buys us yeah. more time to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, it gives us a little extra, at least locks in a, a floor. Let's see a wait out the retailers. Exactly, like, yep, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Not suggesting that that's the, the ideal solution, but if that's a strategy that a grower use. wants to use, this policy can help you feel good about waiting waiting out a little bit longer. Right. So. Okay. Um, these are just some definite questions for both farmers and crop insurance agents to, to ponder as we enter into this season. And I'll actually pose most of these questions okay. to you. I don't want to get into your financials hundred percent, yep. but yep. what would you say, do you have more rest, less risk this year than previous years? Uh, substantially more this year. And that's because of how many more dollars you're putting into, uh, right, into the right. crop.
1: I was lucky enough last year to buy my inputs ahead of the big run-up. Mm-hmm. This year, I mean, for example, potash is double of what I paid a year ago. Uh, you know, hydrous, all those things have gone up. So my my inputs, my cost, my break-even is at a point sub- significantly higher mm-hmm. than 2022 was.
0: Sure, Okay. Makes sense. So uh, we still have, though, in the eyes, I think, myself, that still... Prices that are profitable uh, today. Yep. And so, do you have a margin breaker in your head that you you could lock in that you feel good about?
1: Yeah, yeah. You can definitely. I mean, some of the margin that we wanted to have in what was the normal years Mm -hmm. is still available today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been spoiled with some true profit margins of some record levels over the last year. So, Uh, yeah, we realize that we can't have those last forever. So yes, there is a definitely a good margin. If you're shooting for $100 an acre, whatever, that is obtainable, mm-hmm. even with these higher input costs. It just sure. comes at a much higher risk.
0: Right. And so I think the, the question that each grower has to ask themselves when they get to this point is, if I have a an idea what my costs are and I can see the prices that I could lock in with margin, I have to look at this and think, Okay, if my if my premium is sixty dollars an acre, is that worth locking in my margin of X Y Z? Yeah. Um, and for a lot of growers, I think that answer could still be yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Especially with you know we're going to stay in these five ninety mm-hmm. or range on spring price for this product. That's that adds a lot of cushion.
0: Perfect. Perfect. So then the last question, which we kind of got to already, was if we're going to pass on margin today how else are you gonna protect your, your crop risk over the next six months? Uh, because margin is not the only answer. We right. can sell grain, we can use options, we can right. find other ways to lock in prices as they are today without giving up our upside.
1: Correct, yeah. And thinking you have a put their best, doing yeah. nothing is doing something. right? But unfortunately, that's the easiest one. It is the easiest one. But not yes. always the best with the amount of risk that we're seeing in today. Right. I mean, I'd say it, these are numbers that uh, I'm sure make the, the bankers uh, nervous mm-hmm. when we see the dollars we're investing per acre this year. Right, right. So uh, you
0: mentioned earlier comparing this to a put option, which right. is a very good way to look at this, I think. Um, in a lot of ways, we're hedging against this price for the next six months, for the next uh, 11 months yeah. um, or 13 months, excuse 13 months. me. And so uh, because we get to lock in this third price. So what would it cost us to protect our December 23 corn price for the next 13 months?
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. I haven't looked, but I'm sure it's not. It's 80. a hundred. It's a hundred bucks. You've an done acre. the math. Okay, it's hundred bucks. So acre. this is a bargain.
0: This is a bargain. Yes. Yeah, a hundred bucks an acre to protect 95% of our corn price for the next 13 months. And on soybeans, it's about 50 bucks an acre. Um, So buying a put option sets our floor, but it gives us the opportunity to still participate in the market if things run up, which is the same as what margin does, right? right? Margin protection also has that element of yield uh, built into it so that if yields in the county are lesser, then we can also collect on. On the the yield side of things, even if prices don't go down,
1: right.
0: Um, Comparing that to selling grain, selling grain is free, right? But or almost free, almost free. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: but it, uh, but obviously, it doesn't allow you to participate in the market after this. Correct. So, looking at this compared to a put option is probably the most appropriate, and I would say there's there's more value built into that margin protection policy as a general rule. Right. And then we have a final slide here, just a couple charts. I think the question becomes about whether we lock in this price now or we wait, and this is just a look back at what our prices were on both margin protection and our revenue, our spring revenue protection right. prices for the last um, six, seven years. Yeah. Any tidbits of info to pull out of here at all? You Ken? Know,
1: as you look at that, a lot of those, especially if you looking at corn, most times it's not saying that this price period is the better one, but the reality is. We're in a different world right mm-hmm. now. I don't I don't know. We're at 590 if we hold 590 through right. this month, can the market if we if we we're surprised with the yield, uh because travel around my region I see some pretty good crops. So mm-hmm. as long as if we don't have any hiccup there, I know there's parts of the country that that's not the case, mm-hmm. they may offset, but this could be one of those years where it's a flip-flop. Um, right. and you know 590 is a very good price if we stick there.
0: It is. Most definitely. Most definitely. Okay, just a couple final considerations before buying margin protection. Um, there's a couple of different ways to purchase the policy, and we just want to address a few of those real quick before we sign off here. Um, one question is, what what level do I take? And I would say, for a majority of that map that we saw there, ninety five percent is yeah. still is still yeah. the level that we want to go after,
1: especially because we're dealing with an area based plan. So it's the county yield, not your individual yield, driving that. So you're, it's More critical with those area plans to be as high as you can go. I know you can you can come down and that in some cases 90 makes sense, but I would I would probably suggest never going below a 90 just because it's an area-based plan.
0: Yep, exactly. I think even if we do go down to 90%, I don't think we really want to buy a margin protection at 90% and then an 85% RP plan. We wanna we wanna have a gap there so we have some value with our margin protection policy. Correct. Um, Then we have the option with this protection factor. Uh, When we buy margin, it's not based off our own APH, it's based off the county yield. Mm -hmm. And so because of the county yield is our basis, we can inflate or deflate that county yield based off the amount of protection that we need. So how do you look at the protection
1: factor? Yeah, I like to do that as a percentage. So say for example, if we had a a personal yield of uh, 210 and the county was um, 200, so we'd want to do a factor of like 105% there. That way okay. it's, it's truly matching up. That's why I like to look at it. Sure. But you can also, let's say, because margin is expensive, maybe you want to soften some of the expense. I would do the softening on the productivity factor, or protection factor, excuse me, versus having the uh, the the trigger level. Sure. Just keep it at 95, because you can go from 120 down to 80. So you have a big range there, but the, the intent of that was to have it match your APH and you do a right. factor to match your APH. So it pays like your APH versus paying how the county's yield is. Right, exactly. Um,
0: do you need the buy-up plan? We already said yes, but let's give a few reasons why. Yeah. Um, you go ahead, you've yeah, experienced so the big, all these.
1: <laughs> especially in my region, you know, having the Dakotas, uh, prevent plant. You gotta have it. If, if you're in an area of prevent plant, um, and that could be anywhere in the country because we are mm-hmm. always shocked where we have some PP come into place. That is not a, a peril underneath the margin policy. So you want to have that indiv- individual coverage to give you that prevent plant. You want it also, let's say I get impacted in a hail event or something in the county and the county doesn't get as, hit as bad. Mm-hmm. That's another benefit to have that for that more spot loss. And plus, then the third one would be cash flow. So if you've got, you know, obviously your RP policy would pay you in the fall or early in the next year. Um, and whereas margin is not gonna pay till June of the following year. So cash flow wise, that sure. would be a big driver. Yep,
0: makes plenty of sense, makes plenty of sense.
1: Okay, uh, this is a tricky
0: one. Yeah. Uh, I think we learned har- something this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, the harvest price option. So one thing we hadn't mentioned to this point is there's two versions of this margin protection policy. One of them has the harvest price option. the other does not. Um, essentially, what that means is if our harvest prices are higher then with the harvest price option, we reset our guarantees, we get a higher dollar amount covered with margin protection, just plain old margin protection without the harvest price option, we don't reset those guarantees right and so what it means is if higher we have higher fall prices, these are harvest prices, yeah then we will actually decrease our trigger for the county correct,
1: correct. so
0: it will be it could be less than 95 percent mm-hmm. if that's the level that we bought
1: mm-hmm. so up until 22 we were yeah 50 50. especially because you have the margin or your revenue protection policy you have the higher price in the fall right. so what did we need as much Well, 2022 is telling us yeah, this is probably not an area you want to skimp on. Keep that HPO in because that way we don't move a trigger. Like mm-hmm. for example, in my county for 22, we're talking about a 30 bushel swing roughly mm-hmm. from you know, having the HPO versus not because we went from a 506 to a whatever we're going to end up yeah. here. I mean, it's high fives, high yeah. fives. If, if Who knows? Maybe it'll be six yet. Who knows where it's going to track yeah. out, but that moved the dial quite a bit more than we've seen. So um, I don't think we're out of, out of that big swing of volatility for the sure. next year. So probably not an area to save a few dollars. No.
0: And I'll start by saying I agree <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, I think that um, I learned my lesson last year. So <laughs> I, would, I would agree. However, if I could play devil's advocate, yeah. because I think there are some people that would, would advocate for, for dropping the harvest price. It's around a savings of about 20 to 25%. Yeah. Um, so if we're looking at a, a premium of eighty dollars an acre with the harvest price, without the harvest price, it might be sixty-five, something yeah. like that, or or a little less. Um, and the theory there is that we're buying margin protection now with the notion that the margin protection price right now, this five ninety on corn, is the best price that we could get. Right. And if they're right, if the if this is the best price, then the policies work the same. With and without the harvest price option, the policies work the same. I've saved my 20% and I still have the same coverage. And if I'm wrong, and this is not the best price that we see, well, that's not the worst thing in the world because I haven't locked in anything for myself. I can still take advantage of that run up in the prices. I just have to be a little bit more diligent about it because my crop insurance policy, my margin policy isn't going to help me if I have a lot of yield losses right. and the prices are higher in the fall. Correct. Correct. So that said, yeah. I'm with you, Ken. I would take that harvest price yeah. for, the, for the
1: amount of money that we can save on it. Be more apt to make a tweak in the protection factor mm-hmm. and save some dollars there if that's where you're looking. If you're looking to save some dollars, keep this premium down, do it right. there. And with that that's the end of our marginal
0: protection uh presentation any final thoughts ken in general before we sign off here yeah,
1: yeah. I, i'd say i'm excited to see where this uh, tracking period goes i'm excited to see where we're starting mm-hmm. um you know and talking to retailers on my retailer on inputs um, i know that uh, that side is a, is a big uh, a big shock so sure. margin is definitely a product to, to to take a look at again like we mentioned before not a slam dunk by any means mm-hmm. but it does provide some upside protection that uh we need to at least look at and, and understand what it can do for us
0: yeah i guess if you're feeling the pain from uh from uh, checking out prices on your inputs the uh, easiest way to get rid of that pain is to lock in a price on the crop insurance side right. of things right um so with that, uh, thank you for joining us on this special edition of the FMH Insurecast. Please remember to subscribe to our uh, podcast on your favorite platform, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, etc. And um, good luck when we get into harvest here. Thank you. You've been listening to FMH Insurecast. We appreciate you joining us today, and would like to hear from you. If you have questions about today's topic or an idea to share for an upcoming podcast, you can contact us at fmhpodcast at fmh.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast is intended for information purposes only. See policy provisions, terms, and conditions for details. Products underwritten by Farmers Mutual Hail Insurance Company of Iowa and its affiliates, West Des Moines, Iowa. Farmers
1: Mutual Hail is an equal opportunity provider.